make us understand the best, the foundation of this series in terms of seated and sealed. And so the reason why we want to talk this to you or to us is so that we can help each other to be properly established in what Jesus has done for us. You see, as a believer, you will not get to the level he expects you to be at if you don't understand what he has done for you. What God has done for us in Christ, through Christ, is exactly what we are looking for all the days of our lives. So we will try and help people to understand this, what it is that he has done for us. We want to help people to understand who the Holy Spirit is. Ladies and gentlemen, as a Christian, you cannot live without the Holy Spirit. He's your tour guide. You don't know how to maneuver in this world, in this chaos, without the Holy Spirit. He's the one who leads, he's the one who guides, he's the one who does everything. And the Bible talks of us being sealed with the Holy Spirit. What does it mean? We're going to explore this. We are going to not necessarily define it from a dictionary point of view, but from a biblical point of view, so that we can understand when the Bible talks of us being sealed. I think already you understand the seal. You guys, you go to shops and you buy things which are labeled. Do not open if the seal is broken. Don't accept if the seal is broken. It's expected that whatever you are buying, it's sealed. Meaning that what is inside is very fresh. It's very original. Has not been contaminated in any manner. But look at you and me. The Bible says we are sealed. <laughs> Yeah? With the Holy Spirit. Sealed. With the Holy Spirit. Ratified, approved, you know, marked for God's ownership. No one can claim ownership of you and me because we have the mark of the Spirit of God that we belong to God. We will explore this theme so that we can come to, to this full understanding of what the Father intended for us by you know, sending Christ to the cross, allowing him to go through what he went through, and dying, and rising up again, and ascending to heaven, so that you and me can be who God wanted us to be. You know, the Bible says that when Jesus died, if you read Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20, before I get to my anchor scripture, the Bible says, which he went to Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Why did God do this? What was his intention? Remember, it was never for Jesus. It was for you and me that he did this. And what does it mean, therefore, for you and me? So we are going to look into all these things together, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll help one another to understand why God did this, why he then sent us, after the ascension, he sent us the helper, the Holy Spirit, in John 14, verse 16, the Bible talks about this helper, and I will pray the Father, and he will give another helper, that he may abide with you forever, and verse 26 says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and 
bring to your remembrance all the things that I say to you. You know what? We can teach you here as your elders. Congratulations. But the best teacher is the Holy Spirit. Yeah? The Bible is very clear that you and your children shall be taught of God. And how does God teach you? He teaches us through the Holy Spirit. And the question is, how familiar are we with the voice of the Holy Spirit? Can we hear him? Can we know his voice? Can we listen to his teaching? Maybe he doesn't teach like me. He doesn't teach like Bible or, or verse. He teaches like the Holy Spirit. <laughs> because he is the Holy Spirit. And he is the only one. And his role is to teach the church. Educate the church. Equip the church. Empower the church. So the church listens more to the Holy Spirit than you listen to the people up front. And the people up front are expected to be led of the Holy Spirit so that whatever they share, it is of the Holy Spirit because he is the one in charge of the church in the absence of Jesus. Jesus is not absent, by the way. Physically, he is in heaven, but spiritually he is here because the church is in Christ. This is the beauty of the Trinity, how God works to, to make us understand everything else. So let's get to our anchor scripture and let's get to know and understand what we are really talking about. Ephesians chapter 2, we are reading verse 5 up to verse 7. The Bible says, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. I want to unpack a few things in this scripture so we can fully understand what this is all about. Maybe before I unpack it, let me add Colossians chapter 2, verses 12, so that you can understand that it is not only Ephesians 2, that there is quite a multiple of scriptures talking about that. But Chris, Christians, let me read it from my Bible, to show how united we are with Christ in everything that he is doing. What does it say? Colossians 2, verse number 12. We are buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. You see, Jesus did not leave us outside. God did not leave us outside. When Jesus died, we were there. When he rose, we were there. And when he went up to heaven, we were there. He is in heaven now, seated at the right hand of the Father. We are there. Let's look at this. In that scripture that we have read, there are three together, if you can see. There is he made us alive together with Christ. Then there is raised us up with him and seated, that is raised up us up with Christ then. And then he also seated us with him in the heavenly places. We were dead, you and me, before Christ. Before you became a Christian, you were dead in your trespasses. 
Jesus took your sins and he came into your place of death and he died on the cross. Yeah, carrying our sins and he came to our place of death, spiritual death. And that's why the Bible says he, we were dead in our trespasses. And when God made him alive, when he raised him from the dead, guess what? You and me rose from the dead with Christ. Amen. Meaning that we did not remain in the place of spiritual death. We rose up with Christ in us. God made us alive together with Jesus on the third day when he rose from the dead. You and me rose from the dead. That's what the Bible is talking about. He made us alive. Can I ask that you just say to your neighbor, you are alive. Yeah. Yeah. alive. <laughs> so in the resurrection, we were there. We were participants. You didn't feel it. You didn't know it. He was doing it on your behalf. And when he did it, you received it. You rose with Christ Jesus. Are you with me this morning? So before salvation, we were spiritually dead in our sins because of our sinful nature. Our transgressions no longer separate us from God now because Jesus has shared his life with us. And we share in his life with the Lord Jesus Christ. Do I make sense there? Hallelujah. Then the Bible says, he then raised us up with him. When was this? When Jesus ascended to heaven. You remember in Acts, when they watched him ascend and they covered with the cloud and he disappeared. Guess who also was ascending? Even those who were sending the disciples were ascending in the spirit with Christ Jesus. Including every believer or everyone who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ today or tomorrow or next year, he participates in the ascension. Because he didn't leave us here. Spiritually, we aren't here physically, we are here. That's the mystery, ladies and gentlemen. This is not mathematics. It's not one plus one is two. This is a spiritual mystery which Paul talks about. That this is the mystery of what Jesus did for you and me on the cross of Calvary. He raised us up. We have been raised to new life. We were there. He made us alive and he raised us up to new life. This is the putting on of the new man putting on of Christ, because we are now in the new life. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. So we were raised up to this new creation, to a certain level, a certain standard of living that is not, that is not natural to the world. Because you and me are no longer living in a natural manner. No, we are supernatural. That's the raising up. We are talking about here. Let, let me read my notes. We can now set our sight on the new realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor and power. That's why Paul says, "Fix your eyes on Jesus." Yeah? 
That's why Paul says, put your eyes on the things of heaven. Because that is where we are. Ladies and gentlemen, we are no longer citizens of Zimbabwe or anything else. We are now citizens of heaven. And so our focus and our everything is on the heavenly things. Heavenly matters because we are heavenly. Hallelujah. Amen. Am I making sense? You will understand, don't worry. So we, the third together is that he then made us sit together with the Lord Jesus Christ in the heavenly places. He made us sit together. This is the present role of Christ at God's right hand. Jesus was raised by God from the dead and made him sit on his right hand. That's where he is. He is seated. He is not standing yet. He is seated. And then he took us, spiritually that is, and made us sit with Christ, in Christ, and the right hand of God. That's the place of power. That's the place of authority. That's the place of satisfaction. That's the place of sufficiency. That's the place of glory. That's the place of abundance. That's where you and me are seated with Christ Jesus. The Bible says far above everything. Every power that you can imagine. That's where we are seated. This is our reality as believers, ladies and gentlemen. It's not a story. It's not history. It's not a myth. It's a reality of your position right now as you sit on this green chair, that green chair, in King City, in Bulawayo, in Zimbabwe, in Africa. Guess what? Spiritually, you're seated with God. Christ Jesus. Please, just look at your neighbor and say, you understand how powerful you are. We are so powerful. This is our position. We, we don't negotiate it. Because of our union with Christ, we reap the benefits of his position of divine authority. Yeah? This is his divine position and his divine authority is ours. He is our head. He is our representation. That's why 1 Peter 3 verse uh, 22 says, Who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers have been made subject to him. Can you imagine that if all these have been made subject to him and you are sitting with him, in him, where are these powers? Are they not subject to you? That's why he says to his disciples, don't, don't overjoy in the fact that demons subject to you, that power subject to you, that these things subject to you, but be excited that your name is written in the book of life. Because by virtue of his death on the cross of Calvary and his ascension and everything else, as a believer, you are seated with him. And everything else is under you. Are you with me this morning? That's our position. Are you with me? Are you hearing? Are you getting something? So we are in a union or partnership with Christ Jesus. We are involved in his present day ministry. We are co-workers with him. That's why the Bible says we are joined as with him. 
Yeah? Who he is, we are. What he is doing, we are doing. His mission is our mission. His ministry is our ministry. His authority is our authority. His power is our power. That's why the Bible says, as he is in heaven, so are we here on earth. In the present day. Are you with me this morning? Then let us move on. So that's what it means to be seated with Christ. So in the reality of what this means, being seated, it talks about us being justified. We have been qualified by the work of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. And maybe let's take it deeper and deeper and understand what being seated also means. It also means that we are at ease. When you are seated, guys, you are at ease, isn't it? Yeah? Depending on how you are seated. But when you are seated, you, you are at ease. We are no longer standing. We are sitting with him, which implies a restful position. We rest. We have entered his rest, which other people are still pursuing in the physical by the observation of a day. But you and me have entered into his rest because that day that we read about in the Bible, the seventh day, was a, a symbolism of what Christ would do here after the resurrection, resting in the presence of God where he was. And now not resting by himself, but with us all, because we have entered that rest which we're talking about. We are not standing, we are sitting with him, which implies a restful position, that should give us an idea of the kind of life that he has called us to. Which kind of life? It speaks of intimacy. Guys, when you are sitting with Christ, you are so close to him, isn't it? Yeah, you are with him every day, you are so intimate with him every day. You might not see him, but guess in the spirit realm, we are wrapping with Jesus. We're so close. That's intimacy. It talks of closeness. We are so close. Jesus is not far away from us. Don't look for him everywhere. And like you are right beside him and in him. That's where he is. So that's why you don't have to shout when talking to him even in prayer. Yeah! No, as if he is in South Africa, you are here. No, no, no. He's right here. Are you with me, ladies and gentlemen? So close, we're so intimate with him. He is where we are. It means that we are no longer standing and waking as in the Old Testament. What do I mean here? Let me put it this way. It is said that in the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant, the priest had to offer the morning sacrifice at 9 a.m. every time. Eh? And then you remain standing for six hours until after the evening sacrifice at 3 p.m. You, you got that one? He would make an offering and stand by the altar until 3 p.m. <laughs> no sitting, no moving. Those guys were strong. <laughs> I think they were strong by the spirit of the Lord. Yeah? You see that? Can you picture this? 
You are standing for six hours. It was hard to be a priest. That was in the Old Testament. I'm trying to you to understand the city. But then our Lord Jesus Christ, remember he was crucified at 9 a.m. in the morning. And he hung on the cross for six hours. Amen. Yeah? Until he died at 3 p.m. Amen. To fulfill what was in the old covenant. Because the old covenant no longer binds me and you now. He fulfilled it. Yeah? Me, I am now bound in what Christ has achieved. So when he fulfilled this standing, morning, evening, you know, standing and all that kind of stuff, guess what? He sat down. He's not standing anymore. He sat God then raised him up. When he fulfilled it on the cross, God took him up, boom, and set him down on his right hand. Finished. Maybe that's why he also says on the cross, it is finished. Every ritual, everything in the Old Testament is finished. From here henceforth, we are seated with him. In him at the right hand of the Father. Because he fulfilled all the demands. He did it for you and me. What does this mean? It means you and me can no longer be struggling with life. Because what he did is our king. What he did is what oils our life. We can no longer be struggling with rituals, with traditions, with religion with fear, with all those things, because he finished it. Are you with me? Yes. And they gave us rest and brought us close to him to enjoy his achievement on the cross. He did not go to the cross for himself. He went to the cross for you and me. Maybe it is choice to enjoy what he has achieved. But I realize that many of us cannot enjoy it because we do not know it. So in this month, we are trying to help people to know, to understand, so they can fully be intimate with Jesus Christ and what he has done on the cross of Calvary. Are you with me this morning? Do I make sense? Hallelujah. That's, that's what we, we desire, so that people can understand what we are talking about so you can really enjoy maybe let's read hebrews 10 verse 11 to 12. i will read and it says and every priest stands ministering daily so daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifice which can never take away sins but this man after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. That's why you and me no longer offer any sacrifice for our sins. Because Jesus did it. Yeah? All we offer now is repentance. 
when we commit sin or when we do anything that is sinful, we get to him and say, forgive me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for hurting you. I'm sorry for bringing your name into this defeat. I'm sorry for walking in the flesh. Forgive me. And Holy Spirit, please teach me continuously to pray so I can move We don't offer anything. I know there are certain places where you need to make a lot of offerings for prayers, for all that kind of stuff. It is not the Bible. But because Jesus became the final sacrifice, the work of the priest is done, and he no longer has to stand. And he sits. Isn't it beautiful that you and me are serving Christ when seated? Isn't it beautiful that we are serving him when resting? Isn't it so wonderful that we don't have to be bound by rituals on how to pray? How to praise? I can praise God privately. Hallelujah. I can praise God seated there. You can pray while you are doing whatever you are doing. You can pray while you are cutting your vegetables. Just be careful not to cut your fingers in excitement. You can praise God anyway. Because we are in the position of rest and emptiness. Yeah? When you have a loved one, if you are a married person, you don't have to do rituals where they kiss your spouse, is it? It can be anywhere, anyhow. That's it. That's the love and the power God has given us. That's why we are His body and we are every word. We don't have to come here to be the church. We are the church everywhere. And by yourself, you're so powerful. You can cause a thousand, if ten thousand, not ten thousand, of Satan's armies to flee. You and Christ are too powerful. Amen. I went there this morning because of our position, seated in the heavenly places with the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Because our Lord Christ, it is finished at Calvary in John 19.30, we are today seated in Christ. We can dwell in the secret place of the Most High, a place of peace, a place of safety and security. And we can live fear-free because of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He paid for all this. Ladies and gentlemen, as we build up to what we want to be talking about, I need you this morning to understand that you are seated in a very powerful position. In a position of authority. Jesus says, I've given you authority to tread over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And when he rises from the dead, he says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And then he rises up to heaven, sits on the throne of God on the right hand, and he takes you with him, and you are sitting there with him who has all authority in heaven and on earth. Guess what kind of authority you have? Guess what a kind of authority you are sitting in? All authority. In heaven and on earth. That's your dwelling place. You're dwelling in authority. Positioned in authority. Walking in authority. Living in authority. Working in authority. Doing what you are doing in authority. All of it 
not part of it, but all of it in heaven and on earth. And who is it, therefore, that has more authority than you here on earth? That's why the Bible says you are ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you are his ambassador, you enjoy all his privileges. You behave like him. You speak like him. You walk like him. You do like him. You talk like him. You heal like him. You cast demons like him. Actually, you don't have to struggle with demons. You just walk in a place they, they flee. That's how they did with him. Yeah. Whenever he walked into a place, they would flee. Blind eyes would open. The sick would be healed. The deaf would hear. Cripples would walk. Without him doing anything, because he is authority. And he has put you in that authority, ladies and gentlemen. We cannot afford to sit in a position of authority and be beggars. We cannot afford to sit in a position of such authority and be nothing. Hello. Don't be your neighbor. You don't get me. You can't afford it. It's like a rejection of what Christ has done for you. If we can be so weak, so weak that we cry and struggle, the devil is doing what he wants to do in our communities, in our cities, everywhere. You guys, when did you last bring that side of our town? Our beautiful city. That side. Talk of 40, is it 4th Street, 5th Street, 5th, 6th Street, going down, down, down. Eh? When did you last go there? It's like you're in hell, man. <laughs> it's stinking everywhere. It's dirty everywhere. And this morning, the Minister of Health was talking about over 280, almost 300 cases of cholera in Harare. Yeah? And telling people to be careful. How they. Last week at World Vision in our workplace, we were praying and someone says, let's pray to God to, to stop cholera. I said, I won't waste my time. I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> I will not pray that kind of a stupid prayer. What causes cholera? Dirty. Dirty everywhere. Who is making dirty everywhere? You and me. So where is God then? Why should we involve God? Don't you know you just need to be clean? <laughs> just keep street clean and everything. Clean, then you won't have cholera. It's not the devil attacking Zimbabwe. It's us. And in the midst of us is you and me, who are seated in this massive authority. And we are bowing to demonic principles and principalities. Yeah, harassing us. Now you can't go that side of the city because it is horrible. You are afraid. <laughs> yeah, we are trying to keep from disease. <laughs> because the moment you go that side, oh Lord of God, have mercy. Are you with me? You know what I've done personally? I started this week. 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock, maybe one hour or 30 minutes, I walk those streets in the evening, binding 
the principalities that cause our people to think so foolishly. <laughs> because it is the mind. Yes, I started it by myself. I'm walking. I'm, I want to exercise my authority. This morning I saw some pastor here sending me a message to say, no, no, God, my church is going to join you. So congratulations. Amen. They will be walking. Yeah, it's called just, just prayer walk. Lord, I bind these kind of principalities that yeah. cause people to think so foolishly. We were created to maintain God's environment, Amen. not to destroy it. We are created to be stewards. We are created to manage. We are created to lead and to manifest Eden. Eden was not like that. Amen. It was beautiful. And you and me have that authority. Amen. We can do it. Yeah. Wherever you are. You don't have to go and walk there and keep shouting there. We might beat you up. But I go there and pray. Yeah? It's in the almost dark these days, so I am in the cover of the darkness, I'm praying. In 40th Street, that piece, I went in and I walked several times. They are managed to them, finding them, speaking in tongues they don't even hear. Yeah? Let's exercise our authority. Why? Because we are seated on the right hand of God, with Jesus, in Jesus. We cannot be back at God bless you. This week, walk in the authority. Seated and sealed by the Spirit of the living God. Let's bow our heads and pray. Lord of Lords and King of Kings, thank you again this morning for speaking to us and for the word and for inspiring us and for helping us to understand who we are in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are no longer ordinary. We are not just a mere people. We are a people for the army of Christ. So we thank you for the authority that has bestowed on us. Now lead us by your spirit to walk in the fullness of that authority and to give honor and glory to you. Wherever we are, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.